Welcome to the Indisposable Podcast, produced by Upstream. I'm your host, Brooking Gatewood. And I'm your co-host, Matt Prindeville. Thanks for joining for another episode celebrating solutions to plastic pollution. Hey, what's up, Solutioneers? Welcome back to the Indisposable Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Prindeville, and today I'm very excited to have Dishcraft's Linda Pouliot, Tootsie's restaurant owner, Rocco Scordella, and Upstream's own Samantha Summer on the show. Dishcraft is what we call at Upstream a reuse service company. They provide clean, reusable dishware for office buildings and institutional dining that's collected and washed in their proprietary robotic dishwashing hub in the San Francisco Bay Area. Prior to the pandemic, they saw an opportunity to expand around serving restaurants with reusable to-go containers. And given how new this reuse uh, service landscape is, we also wanted at Upstream to get some firsthand experience in understanding the challenges and opportunities in creating a successful service for reuse and takeout. And Samantha from our team reached out to them. However, once the pandemic hit, the, the prospects for a successful pilot seemed grim. But we decided to do it anyway. And once we found restaurant owner Rocco Scordella, we knew that we had the right match. And together, we launched a successful pilot that's now become a permanent part of Rocco's business. So welcome to the podcast, Linda, Rocco, and Sam. Thank you for having us. So I'm going to start with Linda. I want to just, first off, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about Dishcraft and what, what's the company all about and, and why you started it? Dishcraft's a reusable foodware delivery and dishwashing service. So we operate much like a linen service where every day we'll drop off clean wares, we pick up the used wares, bring them back to a centralized dishwashing hub, and that hub is powered by robots. So every day we're processing the safest, cleanest wares possible. We started because someone from the restaurant industry reached out to me. He was struggling with some labor issues, some safety issues, and he wanted to know, could automation solve those issues? Look, I love solving problems with technology. And so if you always start with a call from the market, that is the best way to start a company. And so what we found after doing some research is there's a wide open opportunity both to solve the labor shortage, but also a lot of the sustainability, environmental issues that the restaurant industry was facing. That's great. So Rocco, we know that last year was just a brutal year for restaurants, and I'm, I'm sure our listeners are, are really interested to know why, why you even thought about uh, piloting a reusable container program, especially during this challenging time of COVID. Um, yeah, they, they, this craft reached out, and I sounded an amazing idea. And I know, you know, I think if we wait for the perfect time, we'll never go for it. There is no such thing as perfect time, but uh, I'm always open to change for the better. And, you know, I was like, let's try it. Let's give it a shot and see how it goes. And, and how, I mean, how was last year for you guys? I mean, I know you're, so Tootsie's is, is one restaurant that you own. Is that right? Correct. So we own uh, Tootsie's and Vinenoteca. They're both in Stanford Barn, at the Stanford Barn inside the Stanford campus. Uh, well, it was rough indeed. I think it was rough for a lot of people. Uh, I'm happy to say that we made it through it. Um, Tootsie was a little easier in the sense that it's a smaller type of operation. Uh, almost everything is to go. So it's a little bit easier where Vinanoteca was a little bit more complicated. And that's what I think the serve safe uh, was a great combo because we were doing all to go anyway. Um, oh, and it was mm-hmm. super easy to implement it. Nice. So Sam, you know, a lot of our listeners already know about your background, but what motivated you to help pull this project together? 
Well, I think the explosion of single-use packaging as a result of COVID, since all restaurants, really the only way they could be operational was to offer takeout and delivery service. And so while I've spent many years and you know hundreds of restaurant examples transitioning their single-use disposables to reusables on-site, I really wanted to learn a lot and uh, partner with some awesome folks to tackle the next frontier or if you will the open network where you know diners are going into restaurants or cafes and they're checking out reusables that they then take away and bring back to collection units on site so linda let's talk about how your company pivoted during COVID. i mean i i know that that again you were mostly serving uh office buildings in the in the bay area beforehand and then you know how did <laughs> what made you decide again to, to launch a you know a reusable container service during a pandemic COVID hit us hard I and mean, pre-covid we were thriving with communal dining uh mostly in office buildings like you know uh, and we just decided, and so everyone paused overnight, and we adopted a mantra internally of let's kick COVID's butt. And what that meant for us is how do you develop new technologies and products that will address the new world given the pandemic? And what we saw was that essential businesses were still serving meals, but they were serving at a lower volume, and all of them were serving them in throwaway containers. So that created an opportunity for us to given we already had the infrastructure for washing ceramics, we said, let's transfer that over to washing reusable containers and let's have this solution that is the safest possible way of having these wear. So we developed end-to-end touchless, contactless dishwashing of wares. Um, and then working with Serve It Safe, they allowed us to expand and explore these new opportunities by introducing us to, to Tootsies and and piloting this great program. What were your goals going going into this? I know that as an entrepreneur, you're trying to figure out how do I turn this into a scalable business. Tell us a little bit about what you were hoping to get out of this pilot. We wanted to understand, we'd never worked with a restaurant before. We had only been working with communal dining in in corporate cafeterias and some uh, hotels. And we wanted to understand Uh, Would this be adopted? And what was the behavior from diners in a restaurant? What were the loss rates going to be? And would this be a possibility to do at scale? We already knew we had the infrastructure for it, but we had never observed that type of location yet. So we were really just going in to learn as much as possible about what the behaviors would be. You know, one one question we get a lot is, is is you know what what goes into choosing the types of containers and and designing the the logistics around these these types of, of systems. We went to a variety of restaurants to learn as much as we can, and we looked at what they were already doing, and then we settled on a few containers that we knew would meet eighty percent of the needs of what we were seeing, at least in the Bay Area. And that's what we started with, and it's been working pretty well so far. That's great, Rocco. Tell me, how, what did your customers think? You know, going from I'm sure the the, the usual disposable container to overnight having these new re- reusable containers. Uh, what what did they think? Uh, they absolutely loved it right away. I think it was a great success. Uh, they understood it. Uh, they understand why we're making this change, uh, and they were all on board. Uh, I think that was one of the major questions that we all ask each other. It's like, let's see how the customer reacts. And 
people just love the leftist message on our square. Um, yeah, they, they, it was yeah, it was a great success. Sometimes you overthink and then things go as smooth as you get. But uh, <laughs> uh, you know, people understand why, and and they they really, especially in this area, I think they are all on board on on, on making a change. Yeah. Well, tell tell us a little bit about the implementation with your staff. You said it went smoothly, but I mean, it, as as the staff are getting used to these new containers and maybe even new systems for getting them back and everything else, like how did your staff react, and what was the what was the implementation like on site? Uh, super simple, just because the container. I mean, there are different sizes, of course. Uh, they're super easy to use. Uh, they have a, a perfect snap-on lid. Um, so for for our employees, it was pretty much just using instead of a to-go container. So it wasn't that big of a change on their side. I think the biggest challenge there was to get it back uh, or recycle it in the right recycled bin. Uh, I think that was the biggest challenge. But of course, you know, every time you make a change that there is a little bit of time needed to make it super smooth. Um, but again, you know, once you come once, you learn it and then you're set with that. They're super nice containers, so people even want to take it home. That's, you know, it's like, okay, I'll reuse it too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it, again, it was a super simple uh, implementation on a smaller business like ours. We don't have a super large menu, but pretty much all the food that is to go goes in their uh, surf safe container dish craft. So, so Linda, let's talk a little bit just about the the results from the pilot and what what are just some of the key lessons learned that, that you had from implementing this. Yeah, we're really happy with the results. We ran the program for about four weeks starting in mid-April, and it was so successful for us that we're continuing it post that pilot. We really learned, so let's see, Tootsies was using about 400 reusable containers a day, and we were delivering and picking them up. One one month wasn't very long to get valid stats on it because typically it takes a few months in order to establish a new habit, and we were asking people to return things that they had never done before. We learned quite a bit, and now we're modifying. We went to great lengths um, to ensure the cleanliness and sanitization of our containers. We were testing for bacteria and allergens. We thought that was going to be a major question in diners' mind, but it turned out that wasn't an issue. What we learned was most diners really want to do the right thing when it comes to the environment, and so they were going to great lengths to return things. Like, in fact, one <laughs> couple bicycled over the weekend to return their containers to make sure, you know, that they followed uh, what was good for the environment. We also learned that people were really struggling with how to sort their waste into compost and recycle, and now this new bin called reuse. And mm -hmm. so I think there's an opportunity there for us to do better branding and really develop what is a reuse bin to sit alongside those compost and recyclable Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's that's so interesting because you know one of the things that we keep talking about at Upstream is is that you know reuse systems and services. It's really all about infrastructure, right? And so you know we, we didn't we we used to only have a trash bin, and then we got the recycling bin, and now we got the composting bin, and then the future we're going to have the the reuse bin. And you guys are literally like right on the the cutting edge of of sorting out and figuring this out, which is really interesting. So you you mentioned modifications. What modifications are you making? I was sitting at Tootsie's watching how diners were behaving. And I remember watching one woman who really cared about getting things into the right location. And so she, she very carefully put 
you know, her napkin in the right bin and her container in the right bin and then the flatware. But then she had the plastic wrap from the flatware and she didn't know what to do with it. So she put it in her pocket because she didn't want to get it wrong. And so that <laughs> told us yeah. that we could create better messaging, better images uh, uh, and try to simplify things for the diners. And then I think what we're also working on is expanding more types of containers and we may, we're adding tracking into the containers just so that we really understand how they're being used and what the inventory loss is. Right now, we're, we were very pleased with the results of Tootsie's. We were getting between 70 and 90% return rates. And so we expect with improved messaging to get it to the numbers that we see at our corporate clients, which is actually 99% return rates. Mm-hmm. Are you looking at different ways of doing that, like um, deposits or, or reward programs or you know, penalties for not bringing it back over time? We want to encourage the right behavior. So we're, we're opting for rewards. Mm-hmm. We're trying a trial right now with, you know, you, you click every time you return and then at the end of 20 meals, you might get uh, some free discount. Uh, that's at a different location. Maybe we should talk to Tootsie's about doing that as well. Uh, but we're not, we're not going to do penalties. Yep. We think there's better ways to, to get the right behavior. Nice. Sam, you know, uh, we've got this incredible customer survey data. I'm wondering if you could share some of the highlights. Yeah, it was really interesting, actually. We had um, little table tents on every table with QR codes where it took the diners to complete a survey. And we received close to 40 responses to the survey. And I thought it was really interesting that when we asked the diners, would you consider paying more for products or services that are environmentally friendly? 89% said yes. And when we asked the diners, do you want Tootsie's to continue offering a reusable container service for dine-in and takeout? 86% said yes. So I thought those were some really impressive results. And even though the respondents also said that only about half of them said that sustainability is important to them. Mm. Um, And only less than 40% uh, think about food packaging waste frequently. So but I still think they really enjoyed the service and would love to see it continue. That's actually higher than I thought it would be. But but even with less than half really caring about sustainability or even thinking about packaging, that 90% were willing to pay a little bit more. I mean, that says that says a lot. Um, so speaking about paying more, <laughs> you know, Rocco, I mean, I, I know that, you know, restaurant operators are just impacted by costs, especially now through COVID, trying to come out and, and reorganize. And, you know, there's often restaurants are tight margin businesses. And so if a reuse system such as ServiceSafe costs a little bit more than your current single use disposables, do you have any thoughts about how to offset those costs or, you know, what's the motivation for, for you and for other restaurant owners in, in wanting to get reusables into your service? So, I mean, the, the first things we've done, which was the, probably the most the simplest, the, the easy one, we just added the cost of the containers to the uh, cost of the sandwich or the salad um, and that did not show any impact so in the sense the customer did not uh, complain about it um, and clearly also because of the survey 89% 90% they want to pay more that tells you they're okay with that uh, so that was a, a very simple thing nobody ever said anything about it uh, I think it's you know it, it is it is a costly thing to add on to your operation indeed um i think we can have a huge impact as a, as a restaurant owners and this is just one 
restaurant that, that is doing it. There is millions of restaurants all over the United States. Uh, it could be a huge impact if even a small percentage could actually come on board. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know it, 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 it's all about the money, but sometimes it's not all about the money. It's all about what can we do for the future, and I think it's important to be involved. And, you know, if a small business can do it, a large business can even do better, uh, or even a chain. So we can make a, a big impact as a restaurant owners. And I know 60 cents or one dollar extra, it's a lot at the end of the year, but people is willing to pay. So, you know, if, if everybody's on board, I think it's, it's a easy win-win. I think it would be interesting, especially for any of the, um, the, the restaurant folks that might be listening to actually un- to know what the costs are, right? We did a survey of what restaurants were currently spending on takeout containers, and they were between 20 cents all the way up to $2. So what I can say about Dishcraft is that we are equal, if not less than, most of those costs. And so at scale, our goal is to meet, provide savings actually back to the restaurant, but we need enough adoption in order to be able to drive those costs down. So... Linda, let's talk about just big picture vision. I mean, what is the vision for your role in scaling a reusable takeout container system? Our goal is to revolutionize the food service industry. We're trying to build the infrastructure that makes reuse possible at scale. And so every restaurant, hospital, school, cafeteria should be able to use quality, eco-friendly, reusable foodware. And we read your report from (laughs) that a trillion foodware items are thrown out each year. And so we know that that is a massive challenge ahead of us, but that we are building the infrastructure to solve that right now. What about your competitors that are also coming in and might want to serve in the San Francisco Bay Area? Do you have any any thoughts? We think reuse is the way to go, not... Uh, not throw away, obviously. And so we are really delighted by seeing that there's other entrants to the market and we're partnering with many of them. Mm-hmm. Each of us seems to have a different expertise. So some are more geared towards the logistics. We do do the logistics today, but our expertise for the last, since the beginning of Dishcraft has really been on the washing and collecting of wares. And so I think that there's a lot of room for all of us to work together. Mm-hmm. Rocco, so any next steps planned for introducing maybe more reusables into Tootsies? Uh, yeah, I think we're starting with the silverware, so we're no longer using plasticware. Uh, that will be the next, and I, I, I keep asking for plastic caps. I, I go to bed thinking how many plastic caps there is in the garbage every single day. There is such a mm. humongous usage on plastic caps. I think it will be the next big thing to make a change Um and I'm sure they're working on it. There is, a, they are very smart, they do a phenomenal <laughs> job with with dishes, so or to go containers. So I can only see this coming very soon, hopefully. So, what would you say to other, you know, restaurant owners about your experience, and what would you say to them for why they should, you know, consider calling up Linda or another company and participating in a service like this? Uh, well, first of all, I think that they are phenomenal as far as you know delivering and, and it was a great uh, communication, which is, I think it's very important uh, for the restaurant, especially on numbers, if we need more containers. Um, uh, like I said earlier, I think we, we have to be involved in making a change for the future of our kids and the future of our grand-grandkids. Um, 
we can we can go over the the cost. You know, this is for a, there is a bigger picture, um, and being involved is good for the community. And the more we are, the better it is. Uh, it's a no brainer. Um, I don't think I even asked the cost when we first started. I think I, I was just so excited about doing it, um, and they probably did not expect me to say yes right away. Uh, but I was on board right away. It, it's just. It, it has to. It has to. It's time to make a change, and, and and everybody knows about it. And there is a big issue with the environment, and it's all this waste. Um, it, we have to be part of it. We can't just close our eyes anymore. Since you started using Servit Safe, have you had any other restaurant owners come up and say, "Wow, what are you doing here at Tootsie's?" And and this is really interesting. Yeah, so they did a phenomenal job with their marketing. So we sent a few emails uh, and and few restaurant owner local kind of reach out and ask how does it work and uh, which is it was a great sign at least two or three uh, and I think the eventually they'll probably go on board but of course they have to make their own decision um, and I can only highly speak about the whole operation um, but yeah some people was like okay you know so if, if you do it then I may give it a try and you know one two three then it's a much easier for everybody to jump on board. Uh, and that's, I think, one thing that we talked is to get the city of Palo Alto involved and uh, pull more reusable containers around and places mm-hmm. to drop them off. So make it easy for people to, you know, you don't have to come back, but you can easily find other spots around city, around the city to drop them off. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think there is a lot that could be done in the future to keep pushing. And I can only see this becoming a, a permanent thing all over the Bay Area. Linda, have you had any calls since uh, since the successful pilot at Tootsie's? We have. We're really excited. In fact, a restaurant that was around the corner from the first place I ever moved to in when I moved to the Bay Area reached out, and I was so excited to talk to the owner. And she said that she knew of us because of Rocco, and so now we're in discussions about deploying there. Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Sam, what, what do you feel like were the key learnings for us in getting involved in all this? Yeah, that's a very good question. I think that this whole thing was a learning experience, right? So I think it was a new frontier for all in this particular restaurant space. Um, but I feel that clearly the service ran like a well-oiled machine. I think Dish crafted an amazing job. Rocco was clearly an innovative soul and person because most restaurants really didn't want to give us the time of day to talk about a new operation and changing, you know, anything when we were really in the thick of, you know, just the craziness of COVID. But I think the, so the service ran great. I think there was definitely an opportunity, like Linda was saying, to uh, message a little bit differently, a little bit clearer. Um, I think there was a really clear understanding of, okay, if I eat here and I've got my container, I put it here when I'm done. I think there was less understanding about if I leave with the container, because I talked to a bunch of people when I was there, always checking out, you know, how things were looking. And everyone was like, oh, I work across the street. Am I allowed to bring this container with me? So I think we could have done a little bit of a better job of communicating about what to do when you do take it away. Um, and also I think that the color of the reuse bin we learned actually was probably not the best color because it's also blue and in California, I mean, your three stream systems, all recycling containers are also blue. 
So I think that, um, you know, there was some really good feedback there in terms of just sign placement and positioning. Um, and I think, you know, with, with tracking probably in the future reward system, positive reinforcement, I think is an amazing idea. And otherwise, everyone I talked to was really in love with this program. And I think that I'm hearing some inklings of potentially moving into reusable flatware too, which would be so awesome to knock out what like four pieces of plastic there. Um, yeah. And I think all around though, it was, we learned a lot, which is exactly what we set out to do. So Rocco, after, um, you know, after having the experience of, of running the service for several months now, it sounds like it's been just a big success and you're looking to expand it and you've got, you know, even interest from other friends in the restaurant industry in Palo Alto and, and checking it out. But, you know, how can a reusable takeout system be more successful for businesses for like, like yourself and what factors could support success or even, you know, as somebody that owns multiple restaurants, what do you think would help these businesses to scale even more quickly? Well, I think, you know, it's, it's interesting even the number that uh, they share about how many people really think about reusable containers uh, and to-go containers. And I find it to be extremely low, even 50%. We really don't think uh, as, a, as a people, the impact, as a single person, the impact that we could have. So even when we ask an extra cap, or we ask for an extra plastic wear, uh, we, sometimes we just don't think what's next, what's going to happen to the things that I just used. And for the restaurant part, I think it's simply fine would be the best. Um, so find a way to have less items or find a way to give less things out because that does have a huge impact on the planet. Uh, of course, you know, we try to always give an amazing service. So you want to always have the cup with ice and the extra plastic where to go, have the individual wrapped. Uh, but like example, the plastic where it's a huge issue because you have plastic outside, you have three pieces of plastic, you have paper, the salt and paper in it. It's like, it's three different things that you have to recycle and it gets confusing too. So I think simplifying is the best for our customer and for the business too. Um, and that's, I found it to be the easiest one. That's what I think, uh, even doing silverware with the dish craft, uh, it will be a huge impact because right now we give a spoon, a fork and a knife with a little napkin inside, salt and pepper, individual paper, and the plastic that it's wrapped with. It's like a, a humongous amount of things just for one meal. And again, we have to really realize how impactful, uh, uh your meal can be. Um, and to go, you know, it's not going to go away. It's going to be even more. And, uh, if something again, like that happen, we're going to shift right away on to go again. Um, and the waste on to go containers, it's insane. Not just because you use it, but let's say I get a delivery, which happens all the time and the cases is broken. So all your to go boxes are broken. So you can reuse the next things you do, you throw it away. They bring you an extra case. Uh, that's over there already. You're like, it's mind-blowing to think like I just throw away 200 boxes without even using it. Um, so it could, could be even worse. So be mindful really for Russian owner, uh, the impact of every single thing that we buy. It's important. And I know that, you know, especially in the restaurant, we have so many challenges and so many things to think about. Um, but in the long run, it, these small steps could be very helpful. 
So Linda, just going back to how do we do this at scale? Earlier in the conversation, we mentioned the city of Palo Alto. And, you know, it seems to me that a lot of what needs to happen to make it easier for customers to, you know, return the containers is infrastructure, right? Convenient. You don't want to have everybody have to go back to the restaurant that they purchased the meal from. So how has the city of Palo Alto or some of the other cities that, that you're working in, how have they responded to this? And what can city governments do to help expand this new infrastructure and support businesses like yourself in scaling? We're having the conversations now, and I would actually point to the singular focus that Upstream has had because they had such a strong relationship with Zero Waste and the city of Palo Alto that they were instrumental into a successful launch of this service uh, here at Tootsie's, and now we're ex- planning to expand it. So it's it's just getting more people aware and involved. Sam, what's been the the response from the government folks that you've talked to, the business people that you've talked to about this, and what have been their kind of immediate thoughts about how we grow and replicate the success of, of this pilot? Well, I can't say that I've shared the results and lessons learned yet because really we're waiting to have all of these communication marketing assets and that being the tentpole to rally around all the learnings, all the sharing best practices. I think the whole point of why we were involved and, you know, kind of helped foster this partnership is, um, you know, because we want to be able to amplify these stories about reuse working, where it's working, who it's working with, how it works, what does it look like? Because I really want to get to a place where we, you know, kind of demystify this idea of what is a reusable takeout program and what, like I have to do what with this thing now. So I think really it's just about getting into the minds of business owners, of consumers to help them see that there is a better way. Everyone gets really jazzed about it when they hear about, oh, I can check out this container and I bring it back. That's awesome. Um, but I think that, yeah, we're really going to wait till next week when we launch everything and, you know, talk to more, um, the businesses have the great programs, like the services exist. The businesses have a super successful model. I mean, Dishcraft, of course, has been doing this for years. And it was amazing that they were able to pivot in the time of COVID away from their corporate or communal dining, as Linda says, or in the hotels um, to do something with um, open network restaurants. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to sharing all that learning next week. But Palo Alto actually has reached out to me and wants to know what the future plans are for Dishcraft in the city. And I think that would be a great next meeting to have uh, soon. Fantastic. You know, when we were doing research for the Reuse Wins Report, um, thanks for referencing it, Linda. Um, one of the things that we looked at was, you know, okay, what's the potential for this new reuse service landscape for to-go and, and meal delivery? And one of the things that I was struck by is that 82% of the population of the United States lives in an urban or metro area. And so, you know, this is places where there's enough density that we can actually have a reusable uh, service. So, you know, I don't expect us to have a, (laughs) I I live in a town of 6,000 people. I don't expect to have a reuse takeout container business out here in rural Maine, but certainly in the 82% of the population that lives in, in urban or metro areas, we can really create this vision for the scale um, of this being the new normal in the next 5, 10, 15 years. So I guess one of my closing questions here to you guys is, what do you think we need to do to to get there? And maybe I'll start with you, Linda. I think it's 
really driving awareness. I mean, like, uh, I'm going to tie into something that Sam said. When What I observed when I was watching the Tootsie's program is people pick up the container and they're like, what does reuse mean? Does, do I have to bring this back to my home? And can I just use it there? Do I keep it? And so I think it's just building the awareness and the infrastructure that this is already working. And so now it's a matter of expanding on it and getting to that 82%. Yeah, I totally agree. The more people do it, the, the better it is, and the more information there is for people. Uh, it's it's an easy win-win. Uh, national TV and everybody will say, okay, I'm going to do it now. You know, that's that's one thing I really love in the United States. People really read newspaper. People really uh, understand and trust the, the feedbacks of, of important people. That's another thing. So, you know, if, if we all get together and, and say, let's do it, let, let's, let's make a change and, and we can make a change. Can I just add in one thing, Matt? I know you didn't ask me this question, but one of the, um, I think one of the critical features of this program that was so valuable is that it came at no cost to the diner to participate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think with lots of different, there's all kinds of different, you know, reuse service business models, but this one was unique in that anybody could participate. If you were going there to eat, you were getting your food in this reusable container and it didn't require, you know, sign up through an app. It didn't require a membership tied to a credit card. And of course, as Linda said, there's no penalty. Um, so it's, it was really based on it as a trust-based system. So, you know, I think I was really thrilled to see how many containers were con- returned. But again, it was only one month and these things do take some time to stick. So I think with some revamped messaging and marketing and, you know, I think that's the uh, challenge of any business that has food services, diners or employees or students looking at the three stream system being like, where does all of this go? And so I think if there's anything that Dishcraft can do to help simplify that process, which I know that they're planning to, um, that would really help. But I just love that this pilot was super accessible and affordable to all diners and there was no fee or membership um, associated with it. That's great, Sam. Yeah, just thinking about, so this was a takeout program and I know that that meal delivery has just kind of been skyrocketing, especially during COVID. And that's also a very a sticky, from what I understand, that a lot of people have just gotten comfortable with ordering meals delivered through these online systems. How do we move from takeout to delivery? And where are you guys at in hacking the challenges around that? And maybe I'll start with Linda on this one. Yeah, the tricky part of meal delivery now is how do you get those containers back? And so again, that's at scale. If we have enough locations and can create new habits where people are used to bringing things back to you know centralized drop-off locations throughout their cities, and or we can work with the meal delivery services when they can drop off, they also pick up and then can bring back the containers for reuse, then then I think we're there. I think this is a matter of time and creating new habits. What about you, Rocco? That's that's a tough one, yeah, unless uh, they really get in connection with the with this delivery app. Um, you know, it's interesting that I'm actually uh, firing all of them from my businesses. So uh-huh. it won't be my, my concern on that, in that case, I, ju- I just don't think their service is, is spectacular. It's easy, uh, but... Um, 
I just, I'm not a big fan of their delivery. One thing is that Dishcraft would be fantastic is because they have a nice lid so nobody can really open the container. Uh, that would be super, super helpful in that case. But it, it was useful, let's say, during a COVID time where you really don't want to come out. But um, the cost is, is not accessible and, and their markup is insane uh, and the service is not mm-hmm. that much. So I don't think for us works. And I'm, I'm sure it does a lot of help for a lot of other restaurants. We, I don't think we have the right food also for delivery uh, since it's freshly made every day. So it doesn't travel that well. Uh, and that's also another option. But I think if they get together with this major uh, delivery, it, it, it will be a huge impact. Uh, we, I see restaurants with line at the door for pickup orders uh, on, on delivery apps. So that could be a, a huge impact, but in, in another restaurant, not mine, I guess, at this point. <laughs> that's great. I wanted to add in one more question for you, Matt, to ask Rocco. Um, one thing we haven't touched on yet, which I know was always something that really interested me, was you've always all along had been like, as soon as catering comes back, this would be a great service to also use to hack all of the single-use waste that goes to your – because you would do a ton of catering before. I know it's probably not back – yet or is it and i guess yeah if you could just speak a little bit to the other operations you think that these containers could work for it's slowly starting again which is a a great sign to see and people are coming back to the office yeah you know the catering it's easy because you of course you have to drop it off to a specific location so it's easy to go pick up the container again because in the same location they can easily easily leave it out uh, from the room or they can even even leave it in the room if there is not another meeting especially in this area for hospital and offices. So the only the only issue there, of course, is adding an extra pickup delivery, which I don't think will be a problem if you add that to your invoice for the catering. Um, but that that that's huge because caterings, we have catering containers, and now most of the caterings, the new requests, are all individual packaged. Uh, so they're not, not back yet to... Uh, large trays where people grabs with their own ends. Um, so the catering will be huge when it comes back. For us, it's 40% of our business is catering, uh, if not even more. So once that it's in full, full on swing, we'll indeed use Dishcraft for sure. Fantastic. Yeah. So my, my final question is really about how we can help you guys, <laughs> because, you know, our, our interest um, is really in, in how do we, create the conditions for these new reuse services to, to thrive. What else can we do to help businesses like yours have success? Upstream has deep relationships in areas that we don't. And so we had never talked to a restaurant, frankly, <laughs> or tried a restaurant. And so it was those kind of partnerships that enabled Serve It Safe. And so continue doing that great work. I think it's the combination of the singular focus plus the relationships that we can then bring this across the entire country. That's great. What about for restaurant owners like yourself, Rocco? Is there information, research that we can be doing? What What is it that's going to help motivate folks like yourself to want to participate in these types of, of services and systems? Well, clearly showing a customer uh, appreciation on, on using these type of services is a big deal. Um, you know, I'm still stuck on that 50% of people do not think about reusable containers. And I'm, I'm like, I'm keep thinking, okay, I got to do something in regards because <laughs> we have to 
we have to have a better communication with our customer. You know, um, again, it's so easy to just go to a restaurant and order to go, but then we forget about the other parts. So I think there has to be some messaging to let our guests know um, to do the right thing. And I understand our life is always busy, but uh, we, we can do a little bit, little steps at a time, and it could be very impactful. Um, but again, for restaurant owners, it's a no-brainer. They should get on board, uh, support. Uh, it, it may be a little challenging in the beginning because changes are never easy, uh, but it's for a good reason. And again, the customer will appreciate, they, they will totally appreciate that you are involved in something that is large and, and it's, a, it's a big problem. We need way more business owners like yourselves that are going to be uh, embracing these kinds of things. I know with Sam, when she was out doing outreach, it was like one door closed after another. And she, uh, I, I can remember the the phone call that we had and she said, I got this great guy, Rocco, who's, <laughs> who's super passionate about this and, you know, have high hopes that we can launch this with him. And, you know, I think it was a, it was a big deal to do this in, in the middle of a pandemic and as, you know, restaurants are suffering and just trying to figure out how to stay afloat and stay alive and to have this kind of success that you all have made possible. It's really exciting and super inspiring and, and a great story that we're getting to tell the world right now. So um, just want to thank you guys for participating, creating this amazing project. And any final thoughts as we head out the door? Maybe Sam, maybe we'll start with you. I feel like I covered every great, I mean, I just, I think we had a really strong partnership we had really good support from the city of Palo Alto's zero waste team that helped us really initially send a letter to all the businesses in Palo Alto. That's how we got some interest from Rocco and followed up right away on that. Um, and also, yeah, I think it was just a great learning opportunity. This is some of the hardest, probably some of the hardest market to hack really with bringing Changing customers' behaviors is extremely difficult. So I think that's something that the business owners get it more, consumers get it a little bit less. So I think the more that we can expose them to these types of services and have them participating in them, it's not that hard, but it takes a second to click. Um, so I just hope that, you know, if this whole city of Palo Alto, they are working on a pretty large piece of policy in the city, which is their plastics reduction policy. And it has four different phases built into that policy. And the third phase is to mandate reusables for on-site dining, to have charges for single-use disposable items. And of course, in the final, final phase, it's to have mandate that reusables are used for takeout and delivery as well within the city. And that's a policy that Upstream has been involved in and helping to develop and pass years ago. So I think that as the city, we see more, um, it's going to mandate it. So therefore, the market will grow with more opportunities for businesses like Dishcraft to offer services in the city to the restaurant owners like Rocco. Rocco, any, any final thoughts about how we can continue to, to replicate these types of services and systems? Uh, you know, I was thinking if you feel free to share my contact if other Russian owners want to chat and, you know, how the things went on my side, because I think it's easy to share the story and, and it's probably from Russian owner to Russian owner, it's easy to convince them. Um, and also I think sometimes we get stuck to our routine and we're always afraid about changes. And if, if things don't work, you go back to your old 
way of doing things. But if things works well, then we move forward. It's about keep moving forward. Otherwise, we'll be stuck on an old school way of doing things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thanks, Rocco. Linda, what about yourself? really delighted with this pilot. I was very skeptical in the beginning because we never worked with a restaurant and I knew that there was the risk of people taking things and not returning. And when we saw behavior actually change in how much people cared and saw that had the data of that actual loss rates, we were like, hey, this is possible. And so now where we weren't previously looking at this as a very serious vertical, we're really taking a hard look because we have had outreach from other restaurants in Palo Alto and other locations around the country, frankly, to say, hey, can we do this too? And so I think we just forge ahead. I'm really interested. And again, like we got enough data to know exactly where we have to improve and change the behavior. And I think it's possible. And so that's what this pilot, Serve It Safe, opened up for us. It's fascinating. This has been such a great conversation. And I'm so glad you guys made the time to come on the show today. And thank you so much for joining us in this project and really excited to see what we can do to get more and more restaurants trying this out and more and more cities engaged in building out this new reuse economy. So thanks so much for being here today, guys. Thank you for having me. Thanks. And that's our show. If you like what you're hearing, help spread the word. Subscribe to the Indisposable podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Add a review, talk us up. Nobody spreads a message like you. The Indisposable podcast is brought to you by Upstream, sparking innovative solutions to plastic pollution, envisioning a world without it, and empowering businesses, communities, and individuals to imagine and co-create this future with us. You can find resources mentioned on today's episode as well as learn more about Upstream's work at www.upstreamsolutions.org. Follow us on social and join the movement. There's a better way than throwaway.